so I want to remind everyone about the Tough Tours. There will be one next week, May 23rd, in Baltimore, Maryland. And um, Dick will be at that one. And then in June 4th in Columbus, Ohio, Dick and I will both be there. There is one also coming up in Dallas and in Las Vegas. So check out your events page for those dates and make certain your recruits are getting to them. Um, do want to remind you that the convention in Orlando, August 1st through the 3rd, is about 79 days away, which isn't very long. If you don't have your ticket, today is a great day to purchase it. Okay, we're going to move to just some little administrative things that would probably be a good idea to write down. Um, as we bring on more and more people, you know, they, they miss uh, they haven't heard the administrative things, and that's why we do go over them. Um, please remember that we don't put husband and wife on the same policy. There's a lot of reasons, okay? Now, you may think, oh, it's faster and it's easier. Well, it may be. But different carriers do different things with policies when the primary insured dies. So if you put a husband and wife on a policy like an accident plan, and the primary insured dies, you can call Mutual of Omaha and see what they do. You can call Americo and see what they do. I don't want to chance it, okay, because that might end the policy, and then that spouse would be left with nothing, okay? The other thing is if their finances really go in the tank, they may want to just cancel the accident plan on one or the other, to save a little cash, not a super smart move, but when you're crunched for money, you do what you have to. You can't do that if they're both on the same policy. So keep that in mind uh, to write husband and wife on separate plans. And if you do run the numbers, it'll be maybe $2 difference. Uh, the other thing is that when you're placing a standing lead order uh, with Equus, the minimum for A leads is 10. So, you know, if you can't use 10 a week, please don't sign up um, because they cannot accept that. They can't do the mailing and spend the money for less than 10 A leads a week. Okay, so today I think Dick wants to start out a little bit with the importance of personal development and then tag into Miguel or vice versa. Yes, I do. Um, you know, when we start out, I asked Miguel to be on here today, and the reason I did is when it comes to our business, most of us pretty well start out at a zero, whether it's selling, whether it's building a team. We don't know much about any of it. And uh, I want you to understand, we're talking this morning about Jackie and her pursuit of SM1, why that is so important. You know, so many of us, when we started in our business, we never intended to build a team. I was one of those. However, as time went on, people started coming to me. I had three agents plus myself, and then I realized, oh, well, this isn't so hard. And then we had five, and then we had 10, and then it grew from there. The best part of our industry is people can come in at whatever level mindset they are when they come, but that can change. The reason the SM1 is so important is if somebody will start off right away and just desire to get to that point right there, in most cases, their override off of that will make your mortgage payment. So if they're in a car wreck six months later and can't work for six months, at least they've got enough money to make the, the mortgage payment coming in from their team 
and they've introduced three, four, or five other people who have a need to earn an extra three to five hundred dollars a week. So everybody wins in that situation. The byproduct of that is once somebody gets the SM1, you know what? It really wouldn't be that hard to get to a DM. And then they grow into that, much like a child. You know, we've got a, a granddaughter right now that's just uh, learning to walk. And she'll walk with our fingers with her. It's not going to be long that she's going to be walking on her own. This is the same way. You're crawling now, but we're teaching you to walk and putting you in a position to win. And that's why that's important. And I wanted to ask Miguel today, because Barry always made the comment when I first started with him, we are one recruit away from exploding our team. And Miguel, you and I have been talking a lot about what Jackie's been doing. She has done quite an amazing job in terms of attracting people. She's connecting with people and bringing uh, people to her uh, team. What do you feel has been one of the big differences that set Jackie apart from some of the other people that all of us have hired? Hello, everyone. This is me, Gary Rivera, here in the state of Massachusetts. And do you hear me now? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. So, um, so Lydia and I are very proud of uh, what Jackie is doing down there in uh, in Florida. Uh, this is the kind of people we we like to uh, do business with. She has hired uh, three agents in May and and nine agents in April. So she she is exploding. She she's doing massive action, uh, building her team, and we look forward to uh, promoting her soon. Maybe now in, in May or or June this year. But once she gets that next promotion, do you feel like she's on track uh, to teach her people how to do this and have one of them become an SM maybe by June? Yeah, absolutely. She She's on track. She has uh, submitted, well, her team has submitted uh, about uh, 6,600 uh analyzed premium so far this month and uh she a few of those writers she has four writers uh this month and a few of those writers are already qualified so uh she might hit uh the sales manager position by may or by june and we are uh we look forward to uh celebrating with her in conference now in august and i'd like for everybody on the call here today listening to this to say okay if myself and three of my agents go out and in one month we submit get issue paid $12,500 and say you're part-time and you're responsible for 6000 of that, but the other $6,500, you're getting a 10% override on that. So that's $650 a month that's coming in just because they barely hit the qualification. Usually most SM1s are writing fifteen to twenty thousand dollars in premium a month. You only need twelve five to qualify for that position, and you get that promotion with that ten percent. And the purpose in that is is to allow a person to start overriding the team right away, so that they get that ten percent override. So you know, play with the numbers a little bit, guys, and see what this would do. And then the main thing on something like this is to pick a goal. All right, I would like to have my house paid off in seven or ten years. How much extra per month would I need to do that? Or I want a new car, or we want to take a vacation. 
and literally target out how much that income will, will generate for you and also help them target out. If they're working part-time with us and they need an extra $500 a week, do you realize that's $2,000 a month for them, what that can do for most families? Before you ever heard about Equus, if somebody had offered you a part-time job where you can make an extra $2,000 a month, what would you have done to make sure you got the job rather than somebody else? And that's what this is all about. And I have a tendency to think at times, uh, Miguel, we really don't quite see the big picture. We look at how much work it is rather than what the reward is. So guys, let's start looking at the carrot instead of the load on the donkey's back. Because yeah. yes, it is work, but that carrot is really sweet when we get to it. Um, yeah. Miguel, do you have anybody else in your team right now that you're excited about? Yeah, so we also have uh, Marisa Grillo. Uh, she is about to hit Ignite Awards. She needs only one application for 700, 7, 745 analyzed premium to uh, hit the Ignite Award. And we also have Mohamed Mardini. Uh, he needs only one application for 971. So uh, we, are, we are very excited about uh, uh, Maricela and Mohamed. They are right. They are writing business like crazy down there in in, in Florida, and uh, look forward to uh, celebrating with the, with them in in Orlando. I don't know about you guys, but five percent commission increase or ten percent commission increase or uh, five to ten percent override that means a lot for me and my wife and my family. That uh, that means an increase in my children's college fund. So I have Sophia and Isabella. And uh, that mean, that can uh, be an increase in my retirement fund or, or pay my mortgage quicker. So I would encourage every one of you to uh, to have your uh, to build your team to uh, lead from the front and write business. This is a business of attraction. Okay, it's important for for new agents to know that when your leader is growing is growing uh, the business that way. Is leading from the front and setting the example, and everyone, everybody, everybody else will uh, be encouraged to do this, to do it the same way. So, um, so if you go to your agent dashboard and go where it says um, it says uh, training, or no, go where it says agent resources and find the promotion guidelines, you will see how you can grow your business step by step from seventy percent commission rate to 120% commission rate. But it's important for you to, when you write a business, when you write a piece of business, pay attention to your, uh, to your pending requirements. That's something you have to take care of every day, every morning. Pay attention to your pending requirements so that the family can get protected and you can get paid sooner. Miguel, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the call with us this morning. And what you were talking about here with what this can do for you is it really isn't a byproduct. What it's doing for you is a lot of other people are being helped and we're changing their lives as well. Now, the key to what Miguel shared with us this morning is we're seeing how it's transforming his family. Let's use his example in order to change our family. And when that happens, I, I look at what Angeli's doing. 
she is changing the trajectory of a lot of families in the Hispanic community in New Jersey. Fernando has been working hand-in-hand with her up there through the PNC office and that property and casualty area. That's an area that, you know, when you stop and think about our business, Miguel, look at it from this perspective. If you ask somebody, do you need some life insurance, one out of ten are going to say yes. This is a numbers game. But if you have a specific need that you can target, you can increase that percentage of close from one out of ten to three or four or five out of ten, which is why we're always talking about the the equity protection for seniors rather than a burial plan. We're talking about the foreclosure protection benefits rather than just plain life insurance because a lot of people would never buy life insurance, but they would buy some because they're dead. They don't care. It's not that they don't care, but they they don't care. You know, they're dead. However, if it's going to extend their life or keep them from losing their home while they're still living, that's a very big deal to everybody. And and I do want everybody, I, I want everybody to really appreciate what Miguel has said here this morning. And let's keep an eye on Miguel. Let's keep an eye on Jackie and a host of other people. Dave Crocker a few weeks ago shared when he was talking about doing the dials and the fact that it's a numbers game, if we just understand everybody's not going to say yes either in the home or on the phone. We just don't take it personal. Do we know that they're making a mistake? Yes, we do. But, you know, there's some cases you can't do anything about that. Um, I want to – thanks, Miguel. I wanted to share also with you that – when, when I first started doing this, and when you look at the leaders in the company and the people that are doing well, once you become to that point that you realize failure is not an option, see, salespeople are not born. They're made. And what I mean by that is when, you know, when we're talking about running appointments and setting, setting appointments and that sort of thing and we take abuse, they're made by the situations they're put in. And I talked to Emma yesterday about this. And when I first started uh, my sales career, I was 19 years old. Some of you heard part of this story, but I wasn't very good. I was dealing with 40-year-old engineers, and they knew what they wanted. I was a young kid, wet behind the ears. I didn't know much. But what I was able to do is, one, you couldn't outwork me, and two, I I stood literally in front of a a mirror over the wintertime because we didn't sell campsites in the winter, standing in front of a mirror learning how to say something and what to say. And when I would drive to Columbus, Ohio to see Connie um, from Cincinnati, that was a two-hour session of me overcoming objections. I would give myself an objection. Now, everyone on this call has been doing this long enough to have three or four or five objections that have been thrown at them either on the phone trying to set an appointment or in the home. So now you've got something to practice. Now, the good news is you have me as a sounding board because a lot of times when I'm talking to you, when they give you an objection, you really come back with a good answer. But you come back with an answer that is destined not to succeed. It's destined not to result in a sale. For example, I've got plenty of life insurance. Yeah, but you need more. You know, well, that's not really an answer. Do they need more? Yes. I've never had a widow send money back when we took her a check 
And she said, oh, this check is too big. I don't need all this. I'm going to send some of it back. No, they're very thankful and grateful for what they have, but that's not a way that we're going to close the sale. So how do we get to that point where we are going to close the sale? When they say, we've got plenty of life insurance already, you know, I think you're right. Uh, what, you got done your job? Yes. Now, you and I all know that if they leave that job, that's going away. Emma had a guy this past week that had 400000 in the military, and she tried to point out that when he leaves the military, that 400000 is gone. And his response was, yeah, but I'm, not, I'm never leaving the military. We, I can't tell you how many friends we've had over the years. My nephew is captain in the National Guard and about to become colonel. And a few years ago, when they were downsizing the military, he thought he was going to get tossed out during the Obama administration. And he just made it by the skin of his teeth to stay in. And, but, you know, an accident, an injury can happen. And they're, they're out. And then that insurance is gone. You can't argue that and win, though. Why not? Because they don't believe it. However, this is how you make an argument and say, you know what? They've got 400000 on you, and that's great. But let me ask you this. If you get cancer, stroke, or a heart attack that doesn't kill you, is the military going to allow you to stay in the military? You know, if, if you're taking chemo and can't work for a year, what's going to be the first decision the military takes? We're out. Well, then we're out without a job and without income. If that happened, how would you make your mortgage payment? See, guys, we have to come back to the questions because the questions are where we expose the pain. No pain, no gain. So how would you make your mortgage payment? So now they have to defend their position instead of you defending yours. Yes, you're trying to defend the fact that they need more insurance, but that's a lose-lose situation every time. So we flip the script on them. How would you make your mortgage payment? Who's going to pay your light bill? How are you going to buy groceries? That needs to be – you need to stand – no, you don't need to do anything. I stood in front of a mirror until I had that down so well that when, I, when I'm on the phone here, you can see my voice changing. You can see my mannerisms changing. Guys, I've stood in front of a mirror and practiced that, practiced that to the point that I had it down that it just rolls off my tongue so it's so natural because if it's – Stiff, they realize it's a sales pitch. But if it's not stiff and it's emotionally charged, which mine is, then that you have a chance of making them move and take uh, make a decision on that. Guys, I hope you're listening because that's why it's so important when you're making dials. If you talk to even five to seven people and do not make an appointment, call it for a phone tweak. Emma calls him all the time she's doing such a great job uh, coming back at people but sometimes like dick said you just need to tweak it a little bit to get it to where it sparks an emotion in them you've got to learn to hit the emotion that will reach them and so to sit down on a Friday night or a Saturday morning, make 100 dials and set two appointments. Guys, I hate to sound rough, but I'm not going to feel sorry for you if you don't call for a tweak because that's what we're here for. We're here to help you, okay? And Dick is talking to you from his heart because he's been doing this for so long. 
and I know what you're going through. I've been there. I've done that. I've sat there for a whole call session and not set one appointment. You know, I've gone a week and not made one sale. I know what it's like. I've been there. But the, my point is, if we will take the opportunity, Connie talks about the six Ps all the time. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. And, you know, once you get to that point that failure is not an option, and then understand what we do is so simple. What do we do? Well, we buy leads. We call people and set appointments. We see people. Now, this is the key. We determine or connect with the people what's important to them. Because once we've connected with them, now it's much easier to determine the concern that they have and provide a solution. See, if you're talking to somebody and you have a solution to a problem, that's an easy sale. But if you've got a solution for something, for example, living benefits, if you have the solution but you haven't exposed the pain, that's high-pressure selling. Stop and think about it. If I came into your house, I said, you need these living benefits. You need to have a plan that's going to make the house payment if you have cancer, stroke, or heart attack that doesn't kill you. And the nature of the human being is, no, I don't. Conversely, if we ask the question, if you have cancer, stroke, or heart attack that doesn't kill you, and you can't work for a year, how would you make your mortgage payment? Now they have to acknowledge they have a problem. They didn't have to acknowledge it before because they don't see it as a problem. But when you get them to acknowledge that they have a problem, now providing a solution makes sense, and it's not high-pressure selling. It's just we're going to pick whichever option best works. See, I sense that agents are trying to figure out how little they can do to make a sale rather than to be properly prepared. You know, standing in front of that uh, mirror for hours, what I did during that process, I figured out how and what to sell that would lead to a decision of the client. Now, what we do is like performing in a high school play, but we're not performing to get a laugh or a tear. For many of our clients, the outcome of our presentation is a life or death sentence for the surviving spouse. Let me say that again. What we do is like performing in a high school play. We're not performing to get a laugh or a tear. For many of our clients, the outcome of our presentation is a life or death sentence for a surviving spouse. So when we're talking to people and we want to go in and think, well, I, you know, have you practiced four tables? Well, I've looked at it. Guys, that's not the right answer because that four tables is going to lead to a sale if it's done properly. What we do is living a life of significance every day. We direct the family's financial life after a spouse's death in a very big way. And how well prepared we are is very important in this. In fact, think about this for a second. If before you got your license, somebody went to see your parents, and they went in half prepared, you know, and nothing happened, and six months or a year later, your parents really needed an equity protection plan in order to transfer the equity from your parents' house to the children, but they weren't prepared because the agent that went there wasn't prepared. 
Now, when you point your finger at that agent for not being prepared, look what happens. There's three fingers pointing back at us. That's why this is so important for us to be prepared. And Connie's right. When you're calling and making appointments, you know, um, take the time because a lot of times we can change a word or two in, in a sentence and change the, what you're conveying totally and now put you in a position to win. I just want to add one thing. Uh, when Vic gives the six Ps, he gave five. And so the first one is prior. Oh. Okay? That means calling Dick or Johnny, preferably, for a strategy. Okay? So calling someone that can help you. Miguel can help you, David Crocker can help you, Robert helps, anybody can help. But guys, you've got to do it. And if you get to the home and you're not making a sale, you've got to call from the home. Because otherwise, the sale was made, you were the one that was sold. Okay? So let's strategize so that you know before you go, and then you get a curveball in the home, you give us a buzz. Dick, you want to wind it down? or? I think that pretty well sums it up, Connie. What we do is so simple, I'm embarrassed, but guys, it works, and it impacts people's lives immensely. And it produces a great income for your family. Guys, we're here for you. We are uh, in the ro uh, on the road today in the car a lot. If you need us, give us a buzz. Talk to you later.